The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is Big Sexy Kevin Nash, and you're listening to The Rough House. The opinions expressed in the Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and expanding people too and all people. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast. I am Marty Day, and I am hungover. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for tuning in, friends. Uh, yes. Now, Christoph here um, had a you know it was it was a wrestling wrestling night last night. Yes, uh, as we record this Sunday morning, the twenty third of August, year of our pandemic, twenty twenty, and um, you know there's a lot going on. So uh, your boy went out, uh, had a couple drinks uh, with uh, with with his buddy Mark. At the uh, at the old Wood's End Saloon, there uh, mm-hmm. had some drinks, had some wings, had some uh, some crazy uh, situations happen in the realm of pro res last night. That yes. very much looking forward to getting into, and that's you know after we get into the craziness that happened uh, <laughs> earlier in the week, it's yeah. another just laundry list of shenanigans that have occurred in the past seven days. A- absolutely wild week in pro res. We we got new champions. Uh, we may have even more because SummerSlam is tonight. SummerSlam. Tradi- oh, is that tonight? Uh, yes, it is tonight, Chris. Uh, SummerSlam, of course, traditionally. Uh, w- would you say it's the second or third biggest show of the year? Because, you know, WrestleMania is definitely number one. Um, I feel like the Rumble is kind of overtaken. Yeah. Uh, that I think because now they're doing two Rumbles and they've been doing right. a baseball stadium. So it has like a bigger sort of feel to it. Um, yeah. But typically, you know, SummerSlam had been it. Sure. Um, you know, typically I'd be having people over tonight, but uh, very this is true. A, uh, this is a pandemic world and I don't have the network anymore and I can't be uh, together with uh, friends in such a small proximity. So, uh, que sera, sera. Yeah, it's 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 definitely an odd year. Um, but uh, and, and you know, not not to uh, bum us out even more in an alternate reality. Chris and I would be recording this oh. episode, maybe maybe from a hotel room in New York City, God New York and discussing the <sighs> Wrestle Dynasty show at MSG. But hey, 2021. 2021 yeah we can i hope. never i never removed it from my calendar so i got a oh, calendar alert buddy. For yesterday i was like ah shit yeah <laughs> just super depressing De- definitely sad but you know what uh it's still not being a, a packed weekend of pro res 
and a unique week in pro res and uh the fun question mark started not long after we finished recording on sunday as word came out that a man was arrested at the home of sonia deville uh as he was attempting to kidnap her which absolutely is absolutely surreal bonkers yeah i mean look we know wrestling fans <laughs> yes and fandom um have had boundary issues for yes. quite some time clearly um you know and it kind of went into the discourse after this about how uh meet and greets go and mm -hmm. uh, you know mm -hmm. Big fat sweaty guys, of which I am one of a big fat sweaty guy, but I'm not one who tries to wrap my arms around an Alexa Bliss if I meet her. You don't try to take a prom photo when you do the meet and greet. Yeah, no, no, no contact. You know, everybody makes fun of the hover hand, but really the hover hand is kind of the way to go. You know uh, what? The hover hand even... <laughs> in 2020, even yeah. more so the way to go. Um, right. Yeah. Pre-pandemic, you know, yeah. it was it was it was a laughing stock. Now it's that's kind of where we need to be. If meet and greets ever happen again, right? Uh, hey, hey, you, know. you can pay 125 dollars and have a virtual meet and greet this weekend. You know what kills me? Yes. How much of that money goes to uh, an Alexa Bliss or Bailey or uh, Drew McIntyre, and how much of it goes into the already overflowing coffers of Vince McMahon? That is an excellent question, and, and not to uh, put uh, too fine a point on it or, or to dig too deep into the, the wrestling discourse that, that is current uh, state of fandom. But I just want to point out that there was a lot of people – bitching and moaning the week before about how exclusionary paying $50 a year is to be part of a fan club for women in AEW. Yeah. But WWE is like, you get two minutes for $125 out of control. That's ridiculous. What can you even do in two minutes? I have no idea. And it's oh, the same, yeah. it's the same level of exposure in so much that, you know, you get to, uh, you get to have Skype calls with talent. That's what it's like. So that's 37, uh, $3,750 an hour. Yes. Yeah. Made from that. And if they do that for a two hour clip, you're at 7,500 bucks. Not a, not a bad gig if you can get it. But, uh, I, I, but I, I, again, I, yeah. I, 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 I am almost certain that the superstars aren't getting but 10% of that. Sure. Sure. Uh, I, I, if it's not already considered to be part of their contractual deal as an independent yeah. contractor to do these these meet and greets and, and, and that sort of thing. But we digress. Uh, you do know, because I kind of want to spend an hour on this. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, you know, there there's definitely and it's unfortunate that uh, things like social media have increased the level of visibility i won't say severity but visibility of these type of fans i know that when there was the hearing for the fan in particular who had broken into sonia deville's house and uh saw mandy rose staying with her uh, uh which jim Ro or not jim ross jim Cornette had a conniption fit about it, about how they're feuding with each other and staying at each other's house and got spotted by a fan together it was just somebody's fucking house, dude. Uh, dude I, I get it. I get it. Uh, it's 2020. But he's like, I would have fit $500. Awesome. Cool. You stay in your uh, section of the internet. We'll stay in ours. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, this guy had two Twitter accounts dedicated to just tweeting her all the time, responding to everything she said. 
Uh, he had an Instagram account that you know slid into the DMs, but as yeah. uh, anyone with an Instagram account knows, you know you have to accept to view DMs, and they were lost in the requests, as she pointed out. Same with thousands of other messages, which right. I imagine is probably true of any notable person on Instagram. Um, celebrity, right? Right, exactly. You know, she she uh, not only WWE superstar, also uh, was a member of the cast of Total Divas and all of these things. So yeah. she she has a, a little level of notoriety. But, uh, you know, this guy found her house online and went to her house and broke into her house. And had it not been for the fast movement of her and Mandy Rose together, um, you know, may have succeeded in his attempts. You know, he he had a backpack filled with, uh, I, I, I believe, uh, the, there was restraining devices and, and all of these other things. Uh, the one bit that stuck out to me was... One condom, singular. I mean, <clears throat> no, I'm not. I'm not gonna. No, nope. Uh, I, I'm, no, I'm, I. I nope. There, no, there's, there's, there's nothing more to, to dig into there. It's just I thought the specificity of a singular condom was very odd to me. He's um, a recycler, <laughs> probably. Um, <laughs> he doesn't know how condoms work. More, than li- more, more likely, most than likely. Not. I mean, also the fact that. Uh, Considering one of the reasons why Sonya Deville, as as prominent a member of the roster as she is, is she has no interest in what he brings to the table. And that makes it even stranger to me. But uh, just how horrific and horrifying it is, this isn't anything new. I mean, I I remember watching um, years and years ago, MTV, I think, did a thing on, you know, fan stalkers of musicians. And there was like the guy who was obsessed with Bjork and, and sent her a video of him killing himself or something like that. Um, oh. You know, all, all these different things. And it's not unfortunate. Was he wearing a dress made of a swan at the time? Uh, this was pre-swan. This was pre-swan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so this level of darkness and sadness for people in the public eye is not new. It's just uh, a, a bit more demonstrative in 2020 in so much as you fall into the comments of any pro wrestler, any celebrity, um, any politician for that matter. Yeah. You know, you, you see uh, both sides of it, both incredible praise and incredible, um, an incredible drubbing for, for each one of these individuals. And sometimes uh, the, though they're just words, the words get horrific and it's it's hard to say when you have that level of um, discourse in your mentions. Yeah, what's real? What isn't? What what is actionable? What is not actionable? And I, I think there's there's definitely a reckoning that needs to happen in fandom in general of how far is too far? You know how how. How far is is standing someone too much? How far is disliking someone too much? Right, and the main problem with it is ease of access these days. Yes, and this is it's it's a brave new world because you know, back in the '60s, you know, somebody might be able to track Liza Minnelli from the studio to her mansion, but you couldn't go online and Google Earth and try and find out exactly where it was and where right, she'd be. Right. And you, you, you had know, to literally put, DMs. you had to literally pound the pavement for this. Right, you really had to put the time in. Um, which is funny. Not, well, yeah, it's kind of funny. The uh, lateral story here. I watched the other day all the president's men. Yeah. Uh, 
which great movie. It was it was really good. And Redford and um, uh, Dustin Hoffman were both really good in it. But what what kills me about it is, you know, it's set in the 70s and they're investigating Watergate and Nixon. And the fact that blew my mind coming from somebody who's grown up uh, and has come of age in this uh, digital environment is that they did all this via phone in phone books and calling people and not only that people answered the phone and then they talked (laughs) to people who were uh calling them and you know granted they were reporters but still um if i see a number i don't recognize i'm not answer i don't care if it's woodward bernstein or jesus fucking christ i'm not answering if i don't know your number yeah um but that was just a, a, a funny aside there there there's a big problem here um and Maybe this guy had some, um, you know, mental health issues. Uh, I don't know if that's... I, I, I think that's a fair assumption, unfortunately. Because yeah. uh... you, you have to, to a certain... You have to be deranged to a certain yes. uh, extent to uh, plan uh, such a, you know, heinous act. Yes. Uh, and weirdly enough, they are still moving forward with the Sonya Deville-Mandy Rose match. Uh, this weekend at SummerSlam, uh, honestly, if I'm Sonya Deville, I I understand uh, the process. I, I I'm thinking if I'm her, when was the last time I was on a pay per view? You know, like this is right. this Let is my moment SummerSlam. to to do this. So you know, I want to proceed with this. I will say um, one of the the uh, less tasteful things that came through was. Uh, after SmackDown on Friday, WWE oh, Social put out a tweet about like who of these four superstars who do you think had the best week? And yeah. it was like Jeff Hardy, Braun Strowman, AJ Styles, Sonya Deville. I mean, from a kayfabe point of view, I get it. Sure, but sure. Read the fucking room, guys. Yeah, not <laughs> not great because uh, you know to to talk a little bit about uh, that match. That match was scheduled as hair versus hair. Yeah. Uh, for SummerSlam tonight uh, at, when we record this, but it has subsequently been changed on SmackDown. Um, basically, Sonya cut a promo because she had cut Mandy Rose's hair uh, the previous week to set up uh-huh. the match. Uh, it was an interesting promo because it, it sort of tapped on the wall of, of kayfabe. She said, clearly you don't care about the fact that I cut your hair. And clearly... I don't give a damn if I'm shaved bald. So instead, they're doing a no disqualification loser leaves WWE match. So somebody's going back to NXT? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> somebody's taking some time off? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, for, for those who may be a merch hound, no, I don't know why Mandy Rose has a t-shirt now that says she is God's greatest soccer mom. I don't know what the hell that has to do with anything. And the shirt is just like an eight by ten photo, like a promo <laughs> photo of her screen printing I, on the I'd t-shirt. I'd like to think I try to pay attention to what's going on. I have no idea. I mean, maybe it's a vague reference to her being in uh, Otis's corner lately. I, I, I don't is, know. Is he a, a, a preteen soccer player? I don't understand. I mean, is she he driving? Does look like him? a giant hairy baby. To practice in his uh, in her um, uh, minivan. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Um, but anyway, elsewhere uh, on the WWE side of things this week, uh, Shawn Michaels got punted in the head by Randy Orton. 
which he proceeded to no sell apparently. Yeah. I hear there's a big fervor about that. Yeah. I was more distracted by Sean's comb over. Than <laughs> yeah. The, the thing you Funny. sent me where, uh, it pointed out how much he looked like Toby from the office with a beard <laughs> really <laughs> fucked me up. Something fierce. I liked the shaved head. I could say, I could talk a lot of shit about that last appearance in Saudi Arabia, but the shaved head was a good look for Sean. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the, it's just, just, I don't know you wear the hat to cover it up, but just let it go, man. No like, idea you what you're talking luscious about. Luscious back in the day. I mean, we uh, after we watched NXT last night, we threw on um, SummerSlam. Uh, fuck, what year was it? The Michaels Hogan match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2005, I think. Something like that. Hysterical. Yes. Uh, but his hair was just long and thick and flowing and, and luxurious right, at that right. point. And to see where it is now, like, I get it. Hair's a pride point, but you gotta you gotta swallow it, bite the bullet, shave that shit off, man. Especially if you're gonna be on national TV. Agreed. I mean, come the fuck on, Sean. Yeah, it, it, it was not a great look. Um, but I will say, not one of the more baffling things this week, uh, as the Asuka feud with Bailey and Sasha continues. Now, of course... Asuka is having individual matches for the Raw Women's Championship and SmackDown Women's Championship, which right. is Sasha and Bayley individually at SummerSlam tonight. I think there is a non-zero possibility that either she splits the difference or walks away with both belts. But on Raw this week, they set up a feud for the tag titles, which is Bayley and Sasha feuding with Asuka... And Shayna Baszler. Now, I like the Asuka-Shayna Baszler team. That's a group of killers right there. That's a great team on paper. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also team over 30, uh, if, if you're following the, the women's division. Uh, but at the same time, okay, so we're going to have this match, or these matches at SummerSlam, where Asuka battles for individual titles. So then most likely at Backlash, which is a <sighs> week from today, we're going to have... Sasha and Bailey versus Asuka and Shayna Baszler for the tag belts? Are, are there only five women uh, who haven't tested positive for COVID on the <laughs> I, roster? I mean, where's Naomi? Where's uh, uh, Funny you mentioned Naomi. I'll talk about her in a minute. The only other duo that's really doing anything right now, uh, because, I mean, the, the Iconics are still around. They're still around. Yeah. But the only other uh, duo that's getting kind of a push is uh, the weird new team of Lana and Natalia who are literally supposed to be disgruntled millennials, even though, uh, <laughs> well, she, I, I believe Lana is, oh, uh, yeah. but Natty's like in her mid thirties, isn't she? I believe she's late thirties. So she might be like nipping on, on the heels of Gen X there. So I, I, don't, know, I don't know, but I know that Natty and her sister have set up like some kind of YouTube channel and <laughs> Natty's sister though. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Natty's sister. <laughs> What, what? for days oh okay okay Titties this is a positive thing i was like what does days. she look like a shaved version of the anvil what are you trying to tell no, me here no, oh no no okay. i am uh i'm a fan okay, okay. <laughs> not uh you know i'm uh from afar admiring not commenting or sliding into dms fan yes the yes. uh in the shadows just watching fan <laughs> which, which does not sound yeah much no that is me. that is not complimentary sir uh so naomi oops funny you mentioned yes. naomi so on smackdown on friday uh naomi decided to throw out a challenge to both sasha and bailey okay good 
Well, here's what the challenge was. Oh, God. Don't say karaoke. No, no. Possibly dumber. So because of the fact that Sasha and Bailey are both having matches at SummerSlam against Asuka, Uh they needed to determine who would be facing Asuka first and who would be facing Asuka second. So Naomi proposed a beat-the-clock challenge. So Naomi is proposing whichever one of you beats me faster. So she's already going into this with the logic that both of them will beat her. That makes zero fucking sense. In kayfabe, Naomi is now an imbecile. That's a shame. A complete doofus. Uh, yeah, that's uh, really stupid and doesn't make any sense. Um, also, she was on uh, the New Day pod. Did you listen to that? I did. I Great did. talk. Great talk. Great talk. Very depressing. Well, yeah, in certain respects. Incredibly yeah. depressing. Just, just, She's, uh, you know, just, you know, her journey, I didn't really know about, you know, where she came from or whatever, but, uh, it's a good, it's a good, I mean, I recommend listening to the New Day Pod every week because it's, uh, fucking great. Um, but yeah, that one was, a was a really strong listen and yeah, they're, they definitely get into to some of the struggles, um, that the, she's The had. racial politics within WWE are yeah. pretty horrible and, and. I will give credit because we saw a bit of it. Uh, there's, you know, there's a clip circulated around from the new Talking Smack, which I, I'm happy to say, even though one key part is missing. More on that in a minute. Yeah. Um, it, it seems to have a lot of the DNA of the prior Talking Smack. Um, there's a clip going around of Big E just saying, like, look, uh, you know, because The Miz was co-hosting. It was like, you know, when are you going to be serious and go for that title? Yeah. And Big E's like, look, I'm going to do me. Like... You know, there there have been I've been serious. I've been that guy and it didn't work, but I've been me and I've done this. And you can kind of read between the lines, you know, listening to that, listening to to the New Day podcast with Naomi, listening to prior New Day podcasts. There's a lot of the way we will persevere is not by changing who we are. Right. The way we will persevere is by being the best version of ourselves. I admire it. It's definitely playing the game in hard mode, but I admire it. And it's also a little depressing because you can almost hear, I don't know who, if anyone was producing Talking Smack on Friday night, but you can hear a little bit of that. Well, well, why don't you ask him why isn't being serious? You know, on on the other side of the headset. And (laughs) the, the fact that Big E can, in a public forum, just be like, I don't give a shit about that. I'm yeah. I'm going to do what I do best. And it worked then. It's continued to work. It keeps right. working. And no matter how much anyone tells me they need to change that, I'm going to say, no, no, you don't. Yeah. And, and I admire that greatly, but it bums me the hell out, especially when you can flip the dial on typically Wednesday nights or in this case Saturday night and see – a whole bunch of people doing things the way they want to do it and how much it's working, including one guy who was completely written off now being one of the biggest monsters in professional wrestling. I mean, it's, it's just weird to see, um, and, and kind of a bummer. Uh, but yeah, that can listening to that podcast. Uh, I think it was last week's episode. Yeah. And then this week seeing literally Naomi is in an angle where she's being booked like a, a complete, yokel like yeah not a shock 
uh, disappointing. It, it's not. It, it, it is very disappointing. Uh, but in terms of uh, uh, what I was talking about earlier, a change in the air with the new Talking Smack, a change in WWE after eight years. Eight Ren- years, wow. Yeah, Renee Young leaving WWE. She gave her notice this week. Uh, she apparently Did she will- publicly announce it, though? She I feel like she not- hasn't really made she, a... Okay. She has not said anything. Um, I will say shortly after the announcement of the new Talking Smack came up, she just posted a tweet that said LOL. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. all, that's all she's that's the that's the extent of her public statements on anything related to WWE right now. Uh, apparently, yeah. Renee Young, uh, Ren, uh, Renee Paquette, Renee Good, whatever you want to call her now. Yeah, uh, she put in her notice because as an actual employee of the WWE, she can give notice and leave. Yeah. Um, as opposed to independent contractors who are then held to their deal. Uh, she had a deal with Fox Sports, which uh, got shit-canned when they shit-canned backstage. She also was a WWE employee, so she's taking her leave and moving on to her next thing. Um, whatever uh, that may be. Whatever, she, has a, yeah. she has a cookbook coming out. Yes. Um, and uh, that was her big announcement like a month or so ago. Right. Um, so, you know, maybe she's going to do some uh, touring press on that. But well, I guess you can't really do much touring these days. Yeah. Uh, but you could do the TV <laughs> circuit, you know, pop sure. up on, on some Zoom calls, maybe pop yeah. up on the Today Show or whatever. I don't know. Um, CBS this morning. Who, who knows what how it goes this day and Just age. not Fox and Friends, please. Yes, please not Fox and Friends. But, um, <laughs> you know. I, there's there's a lot of speculation and a lot of people going, oh, well, she'll go to WWE and AEW. Oh, sorry. She'll go to AEW from WWE. And um, I wouldn't be shocked because, uh, I mean, even if she weren't married to the world champion there, right. um, you know, she's very, very good at being uh, a pro wrestling interviewer, uh, personality, that sort of thing. I think she's far too talented for this yeah. this she's too good quote unquote this sport. <laughs> um, you know, there were rumors a few years ago that ESPN was interested in her. I know that she went out to audition for the Daily Show. She had blogged about that in the past uh, about how it didn't go the way she had hoped. Yeah. Um, but it tells me that she definitely has uh, a skill set that w- would lend her to being on a more mainstream project uh also at the same time who knows maybe fox sports will be like hey we really liked working with you do you want to be you know the the new person for whatever show or maybe espn would do the same um i i definitely think you know kind of the sky's the limit for her uh you know moxley had joked about her getting a uh a gig on the today show when he was on the jericho podcast and it's like I could see that. I, I yeah. could see her, you know, being one of those talking heads because she has a personality that puts her in that realm. And, yeah. um, you know, if she does show up in AEW, not a huge shock, but I, I definitely think her path is not in professional wrestling. Uh, for as great as she has been an asset uh, to, you know, that entire show. Yeah. Agreed. Um, the other big thing WWE-wise this week, uh, unless we want to dig into uh, the continued blundering of WWE, because God knows, Chris, you you have uh, found your crusade on Twitter lately. Uh, the continued <laughs> blundering of WWE to address uh, the uh, outside-of-the-ring actions of one Velveteen Dream, Patrick Clark, 
Um, Actions? Question mark. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to to address any of that, uh, yeah. in, in any way, shape, or form, as accusers continue to pop up and mention how much they aren't being talked to about what happened, uh, which I kind of feel like is a rudimentary thing about finding out what occurred. Um, the right, other because if 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 I'm you know if I'm WWE and mm-hmm. I'm investigating these accusers and I you know uh, talk to them and get some kind of like. Uh, sworn deposition or whatever, and then wouldn't I then ask them to sign some kind of NDA so that they wouldn't talk about it in public? Right, right, yeah. It's it's real weird. It's not great. It's not great. Yeah. And uh, I, I, it's you know the fact that Dream came back um, and was immediately thrust into a major program. Is and that the term main, we want to use? Sorry. Um, inserted into wait, hold on. <laughs> Uh, it was immediately uh, jammed in. Yeah, no, he wait, penetrated the title. Yeah. No. <laughs> Look, the thing is, NXT has a problem with bringing in under 18 viewers. And they thought what they could do is bring them. No. Shit. One at a time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not. It's, it's, it's really not. It's, it's really, really not a laughing something. matter. It's so fucking tragic that all I can do is laugh at this point because the WWE's response has been laughable. Yeah. Triple H uh, repeatedly on conference calls. Uh, and it did it happen again last night on a post takeover <laughs> show. Yeah. Somebody he said, I think we've them. said all we have to say about it. <laughs> oh, Clearly H. you haven't because you haven't addressed the situation. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, it's it's been deflective and uh, a, a non-denial denial sort of thing. And yeah, it's some bullshit. And I am, uh, you know, look, I was a big fan of Velveteen Dream. He's a talented guy. Yeah. Um, but there's some nefarious shit happening within his uh, uh, cellular world. And yes. that needs whether, to be addressed. Whether it, it, it's him directly or there's something like the, the, the lack of direct addressing of it and the continued stakes raising of additional details subsequent to these denials. Yeah. I'm not saying there's a fire, but there's definitely a lot of smoke and it feels like they are doing anything but sending the fire department in. Smoke. Smoke. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Ton of smoke here. Uh, It's not great. Take the guy off TV. He lost last night. Yeah. Take him off TV. Do some damn digging. Do your due diligence. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you know, and there's a chance that he ends up being legitimately cleared from all this. Totally. In which case, that's great. Um, But until that happens, there's something very icky about seeing him on my TV. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are left. You aren't left with uh, sort of a gut feeling of, okay, so like with the Sammy Guevara thing, which I recognize entire different world of um of discussion and accusation That's a completely different scenario very very different scenario but egregious in his own right egregious in his own right actions were done public mea culpas occurred yeah um you know there there and also the Sammy Guevara who has come back is not necessarily the Sammy Guevara who left you know he, while he's still doing like his sign gimmick he's not telling people to hit him up and and things yeah. like that you know you can tell there's there's an awareness about what they're doing nothing about the velveteen dream quote unquote investigation feels as if there's been any acknowledgement of what occurred yeah 
to the point that any public acknowledgement is direct is basically saying, yeah, no. And, and, and it's just, it feels very dismissive. And in turn, it becomes the thing you think about when you see him. Yeah. Versus versus a Guevara where you kind of go like, okay, I can kind of move on in my head. And, and I recognize it's apples and oranges in terms of what they're being accused of, but it's yeah. just, it's, it's kind of gross. Anyway. Yeah. To the point where, where he, when he fell off a ladder last night and threw a table, I kind of felt good about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. There's, you know, at least some semblance of pain being inflicted on you for what you supposedly done. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, it made me feel at least a little bit better. Maybe it was the, uh, maybe it was the orange Cassidy drinks talking. But that's <laughs> So the big thing for WWE this week is they've officially moved from the uh, from the PC from the Performance Center into the Amway Arena in Orlando, Florida, which is where they will be until the end of October, paying four hundred fifty thousand dollars in rent to have shows without fans. But they have added something else, and that something else is called the Thunderdome. Okay. So, first of all, $450,000 at WWE is a drop in the bucket these yes, days. Yes. So that's, that's a Zack uh, Ryder. I mean, right there. You know, they've, <laughs> they've got all this money. They have to spend it somehow. So right, let's, right. Uh, let's, let's do this. Now, okay. It's pretty stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, I... So, the NBA apparently has been doing something yes. similar with yes. virtual fans in the stands. Yes, and in the traditional WWE way of doing things, right? It is stolen a similar, that idea well, and then just, exponentially yes, yes. Uh, made it worse. Yes, uh, or they made it to the point where it's fucking distracting. Yes. Um, it's like you. you it, whereas, and I, you know, having watched a couple minutes of NBA last night because it was running late before Dynamite started, you mm-hmm. could see how it was, and it says, you know. The arena is shot for an NBA game much uh, much tighter, tighter shots. It's yes. closer. It's more contained. Whereas WWE has gone to this massive arena um, and this massive, uh, I guess, I, they look tiered levels of LED screens where they are putting fans' faces on there who are watching via Zoom or whatever the fuck uh, program they're using. Right. And it's to the point where it's like, it's like a hundred different Super Smash Brothers select a character screens all together. Yes. You can't make out any one unless there's like a puppet there uh, or something ridiculously stupid. But they're going through this intense screening process for it. It's distracting. Very. Um, and it takes away from whatever your in-ring product is going to be. Now, to WWE's credit, because I will give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Their shows do look better infinitely so in a large arena with the big screen the way it is and the pyro everything like it gives you more of that feel yes um but i i don't know if the thunderdome the way it is uh currently presented maybe if they just cut down on the number of different squares they had in there and gave each person a little more space it wouldn't seem as just it hurts my eyes so i i I think uh the thing that that is kind of a key difference is you know with the way the nba has it set up not only is it less people per screen or or per setup but it's very much in the shadows like when i saw the set because 
I'm not a huge sports fan, but I am very intrigued by how all of these sports are addressing the non-fan yeah. thing. Um, whether it is the hilarity of the Fox Sports virtual fans that get clipped when people walk by, or uh, the surrealness of the NHL having an empty arena but playing crowd noise and still having yeah. the announcers in the building and playing music in the building and all those things, performing for a crowd that isn't there. In the case of the NBA, they have those video screens with people on it, but they're in the shadows. They're in the darkness. And you almost have yeah. to double take to be like, excuse me, what what the hell is that <laughs> on the walls? Uh, in the case of WWE, it's all so bright and so obvious and so in your face. And when you combine, and this is one of the decisions that's a little weird to me, you combine these people watching it through not quite Zoom because it's their own proprietary whatever. Of course it is, yeah. When you combine these fans watching th- through not quite Zoom, they have fake crowd noise on top of it. You aren't actually getting any noise from the people watching. Well, I feel like that would be the idea of it. Exactly. Right? Like, shouldn't you have... And, and I recognize probably the reason why they dropped it is the weird delay that would be like super kick, beat, beat. Oh! You know? Yeah. But it is, it is so strange... To have that, and then also everyone is watching it like you do a Zoom call. So everyone's just like... Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you just have hundreds of slack-jawed faces. Although someone did point out one person was sound asleep. Like, their, yeah, their video was one. them sleeping. Um, it's just very... I, I think there is something there that I hope they figure out. But I'm not... A hundred percent on board. I'll scale it down a little bit. We'll talk. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will be dipping in to, to the dipping my toes in to watch Summer some of SummerSlam tonight. I don't know if I'm going to make it through the entire show, um, just because Better I better man than I. Yeah, because I, I, I want to see how it plays out with the the full pageantry of it all when it isn't just confined to a TV version and and all of that. Um, I. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I might tap out after 30 minutes, but I'm intrigued. So I will give them that. And apparently enough people were intrigued because they did have a bump in the ratings. So, you know, good well, for them. You know, they they hyped that up big. And also Vince McMahon made an appearance. And Vince right. will pop a rating every now and then. Um, so, you know, we'll, I will, see, we'll see what happens two weeks from now. I will give credit where credit is due. Uh, they did not immediately fall into what I think is the one cool trick they can pull off with this. Which is you need to have like a Braun Strowman promo, and while he's talking, each screen turns into the Fiend. Yeah. And then it just turns into one massive video screen of the Fiend. I yeah. thought for sure they were going to blow that load Friday night. <laughs> First night out, just just get yeah. it out of the way. Yeah. Hopefully you'll save it for tonight or yeah something something else down the line. But yeah, that's seems like a foregone conclusion there that that's going to happen in WWE Mojo World. Yeah, like that is that is the the coolest trick they can pull off. I respect their restraint. Yeah. To not to not do it on night one, um, but but we shall see. Uh, just to well, sort of if if Vince McMahon is anything like Bruce Wayne after they're done at Amway Center, he'll he'll type in a, a code and it'll self destruct. Yes. Uh, Kevin Dunn would be the Lucius Fox, I guess, in this situation <laughs> here. Christ, how dare I compare those two? Yeah. <laughs> how I'm, dare I? I'm not a huge fan of it myself, but you know what? You do you. So here, here, real quick, before we talk about the uh, the dueling shows from Saturday night. 
Um, these were the or these are the matches scheduled for SummerSlam uh, as of eleven o two a.m. Sunday fire. morning. All right, I'll give you my picks. Let's go. Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, no disqualification, loser leaves WWE. Mandy Rose uh, wins. That's where I'm at also. Uh, the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford defend the Raw tag team titles against Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, I'm going with uh, Los Ingobernables in WWE. I'm with you on that one. Although, technically, I think that's El Legato Del Fantasma if we're talking about who's the, the real <laughs> L-I-W-W-E. Um, pretty tranquilo. Apollo Crews defends the U.S. title versus MVP. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin are banned from ringside. I'm going with, uh, oh, man, it's hard to vote against Bobber Lasciarelli. Yeah. <laughs> Bobber. He's, he's Bobby. He's got the sauce on the stove already. Yeah. Uh, I'm going Apollo Crews. I'm going MVP with Keith Lee running down to secure Keith the title. Lee. Thinking uh, he's going to be the next member of the Hurt Business. Basically, okay. anytime you do the so-and-so are banned from ringside gimmick, Somebody another debuts. person yeah. is going to join that group. It's a good gimmick. Um, Dominic Mysterio with <laughs> Rey Mysterio on his side going against Seth Rollins with uh, Murphy on his side in a street fight. I mean, booyaka, booyaka. You gotta, you gotta go Team Mysterio here, right? He, the heel can't win this. Yeah, I, I think Dominic's gonna win also, unless they're going to stretch this out to Backlash. Uh, well, we know Vicky's not gonna show up. We know Shawl isn't gonna show up. Yeah. Uh, could could Chavo show up to help uh, Dominic as well? You know what? That would be amazing. You give me El a Chavito. Come on, you, Chavito. You, you give me a Chavo Guerrero cameo in 2020. I, I I think that would make me very happy. Dude, Chavo going Hollywood, man. He's like a yeah like a light stunt coordinator for TV shows now, thanks to Glow. But really, what what is he able to do right now? You know, he's uh, that's true. Yeah, he's, I don't know. He's He's got to make money, too. So we'll see. Um, we've got uh, Bailey defending the SmackDown women's title against Asuka and Sasha Banks defending the Raw women's title against Asuka. I think Asuka beats Bailey, but not Sasha. That's what I'm thinking as well. I can't recall which one is supposed to go first. I think the Raw women's match goes first. That would make more. That would go along with that. Yes. Um, we've got, uh, Braun Strowman defending the WWE Universal Championship in oh my God, a Falls a Count Anywhere match <laughs> against The Fiend. I'm going to go with Bray here. Yep, that's what I'm thinking also. And then your main event of the evening, Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against Randall Keith Orton. Mm, man, I could see this going either way, but I feel like they're really giving Orton this, uh, this this push to be this old you know still murdering legend. Yeah. Um, nah, no, I'm gonna stick with McIntyre. Uh, I think it's gonna be Orton, and it bums me the hell out because I really think this this you know Thunderdome thing could make Drew a bigger star if people actually like gravitate to it and like it. Yeah. Um, but I think they're gonna pull the belt off him already. I think they they've they've got cold feet on him, which is a fucking shame. So I think Orton wins tonight. Yeah, that is a damn shame. It's just a old Drew McIntyre is a victim yes. of bad timing and circumstance, unfortunately. That or it's going to end in a way where there isn't a clear winner. And that's why we go to Backlash next Sunday. Yeah. Or a rematch and a rematch when we're all tomorrow. Yes. Uh, also, I'm just going to throw out a random gut feeling thing here because someone okay. popped up with new merch. Roman Reigns makes a surprise appearance tonight. 
Oh, really? Okay, he had a new shirt out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's got some new merch, so... I haven't that... opened an email from WWE in quite some time. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's my random prediction of, like, what's going to be the shock out of Survivor Series. It's that Roman's going to come back. In person or via Skype or... Uh, I think he might be there. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's a, a hell of a lot easier to socially distance in an arena versus a, a warehouse, so... I think he might actually be into uh, being there. So that's that's okay. my guess. I've got no real gumption beyond some new T-shirts, but that's that's my thought. So last night, actually, before we talk about last night, uh, quick New Japan update. Uh, oh. A week from tomorrow is the Summer Struggle Show in Jingu. Um, but also we had the finals of the New Japan USA Cup as Kenta and David Finley went one-on-one the winner getting a future title shot against U.S. champion John Moxley. Kenta versus John Moxley is in our future. Yeah, I mean the match was okay. Dave Finley has you know improved, but you know this was Kenta's tournament to lose. Yeah. Um, and uh, the big development, uh, other other than that, I guess kind of big development. Jay White um, mm-hmm. back uh, coming to Los Angeles to film this and. Who knows how many other shows he right. teamed with um, the crown jewel Chase Owens and, uh, of course, fall guy Chase Owens uh, lost to the uh, it was Flip Gordon and Brody King. Yes, who are the, uh, not villain uh, enterprises anymore. Right. Yeah. Which is weird because I was thinking about it because Marty was B.C., Yes, which is where Jay and Chase are. But then Marty kind of branched off like the elite branched off to do villain enterprises. And then Marty got or Marty Skrull. Yes. Got uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, outed as a sex pest, allegedly. So yes. uh, no more no more signs of that. But Birdie no. King, hell of a hot tag in this match. Did you watch yeah. it? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy me some Birdie King quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, he's he's, he's one an of those, imposing motherfucker. Yeah, he's he's definitely one of those guys who needs a bigger spotlight than what Ring of Honor is affording him. I yeah, because he's not even in the top, uh, you know, top tournament, like the top uh, of tier there, is he? Yeah, uh, he's not in the pure title tournament that, that's coming up. Um, he's, uh, I mean... He was part of the biggest stable in the company, so yeah. I guess there was that. But you know, uh, the the world changed beneath their feet. So there's who is the ROH champion? Uh, Roosh. He won it back oh, from PCO right. just before uh, pandemic. You know, took over professional yeah. wrestling. Uh, but yeah, and uh, Hik uh, Hikuleo Hik Hikuleo. How do you say that guy's name? Uh, Hikulo. Hikulo, the younger brother of uh, the Tongans. Yes. Uh, made the save uh in a post-match beat down there so he was oh, nice. uh he came back uh as well oh uh, uh, also uh can't forget that jeff cobb confronted kenta after yeah the, uh, after the main event so so it looks like we're gonna have a briefcase match yes which totally cool with yeah. and it, even if it ends up with jeff cobb versus moxley again totally cool with that also i, yeah, I really enjoy match. that in aew so all for more of that so uh speaking of aew um, they have officially announced that they will be selling limited tickets for future live shows. Um, five to ten percent of, or sorry, uh, ten to fifteen percent. That's what it is. Ten to fifteen percent of capacity of Daly's place. So, as opposed to uh, the, I believe, one hundred and fifty fans they had at the last tapings, starting this Thursday, anywhere from five to eight hundred fans spread out in a five thousand seat building. 
That uh, and the way that I think they're doing it is they're kind of doing them in these like groups. So they yes. call them like pods, where yes. you have to buy like all these tickets and you're all within the same like yeah it's, containment you, you, you bubble. You buy in buying groups of four, yeah. and and the the grouping of four is scattered throughout the stands. Um, I I think it is. Wait the four the wait the four they're not to seated together. So the 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 groupings. So it's are seated together, four. but separated yes. throughout. Yes, you. that's that's what yeah. I'm getting at. Okay. Um, it, it, it's a difficult thing to explain verbally, but yes, the right. the the pod of four sticks together, but the pods themselves are spaced out among right. the stands. Um, I admire that they're trying this. I hope it works out okay. Yeah, me too. Uh, I I myself am too nervous of a man to say like, oh, it's going to be fine. I hope it's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I think in terms of distancing, you know, they've got the space to do that right. Um, I, I know they're doing temperature checks and they're enforcing mask wearing and uh, any purchase of concessions or merch because God knows they got to sell those T-shirts oh, yeah, uh, are all going to be contactless. So you have to do it like through the app or whatever. Okay. So uh, that's good. And I, I think that's clever. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it works. If anything, just to get someone to be louder than uh, Austin Gunn, I think is the important part. <laughs> trying to make a name for himself. Man. Yes. On. Yes. That's the important part here. But last night we had basically the NXT AEW war take place on a different night uh, across different platforms. Uh, uh, AEW was Saturday night dynamite airing after the NBA playoffs game on TNT and we had NXT takeover. A lot happened on both shows. Um, I think because of all of the different things that happened, do you actually want to go angle by angle on these two events, Chris? Yeah, or? I mean, I think, I think we can, we can hit each one. I think okay. we, you know, cause there, it was a lot that yes. happened on both and, uh, implications, uh, throughout both shows from significant, you want to start with uh, Takeover Thirty, or do you want to start with Dynamite? Um, let's start with Dynamite this time. Okay, so Dynamite. First, technically, if you're not counting pre-show. Yes, Dynamite uh, just took us straight to the ring as it was FTR, now managed by Tully Blanchard in a sweet ass jacket. Sweet ass jacket. Yeah, they had a match with Private Party, and I thought this was pretty darn good. Um. The, the thing that I found most fascinating is uh, I'm becoming a big Isaiah Cassidy guy. Yeah. Uh, he, for as much as Quinn clearly is, quote unquote, the star, uh, you can see where Isaiah Cassidy is the glue here. Uh, the, the, the chemistry that Cassidy had with both uh, uh, Wheeler and, and, yeah, thank you, Dash, Dax and Cash, yeah, uh, was surprising. I, I thought... They worked really well together. Quinn still looked good. You know, he got his shit in and everything. But Isaiah Cassidy really surprised me in this match. His hot tag was stellar. It was really, really good. And he hit this crazy, uh, it was like, uh, it was almost like a springboard blockbuster stunner yes. sort of thing yeah. coming into the ring at one point. That was a butte. Um, you know, FTR did what they do really, really well. At one point, I think it was Cash, like, chopped mark quinn and it looked like they got a little chippy for a second there <laughs> yes uh and i was like hell yeah let's do this brother yeah. um you know mark quinn's got a little bit of padding in his boobies there but still <laughs> it prob- probably did hurt yeah him going topless really distracted me because you, you, you can see you can see the uh the, so the cherry tomatoes that he carries in his <laughs> chest 
Um, but uh, unsurprisingly, FTR takes the win, hitting the Goodnight so, Express. Yeah. Um, really, really solid opener, super fun, and that threw us to a hell of a promo from John Moxley. Uh, John Moxley really proving the adage of uh, even if you talk shit about a guy in a promo, you have to put him over. Um, yeah. Talking about how you know MJF wants to be the face of the company for 25 years, and he's like, yeah, you know, you can. You can be that guy. You you yeah. for the. I hope this company's around for twenty five more years. I don't know if I'm gonna be around for eighteen more months. <laughs> I, I I really Very enjoyed that. Thing to say. Yes, but he said he's not there yet. He's yeah. not he's not ready yet. And then you know at, at all out, he's gonna beat the crap out of him and uh, smash his skull with a headbutt. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a really good promo. If 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 I were to pick a nit, his. Shoulders yeah. were overactive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I wonder if that's Mox's way of you know, like I don't know about you, but I have a I have different ticks when I'm thinking. Uh, yeah. Like right now, for those watching the video, my movie, my hands is me trying to piece together a sentence. I right. wonder if that's his tick. Like is that, it, it, it pos- possibly could be. Uh, it's a little distracting uh, sometimes, though. I was like, geez, he's trying to stand still just a little, little bit more. But uh, yeah, the, the content was great. Promo was really good. Delivery was great. And, you know, he uh, we had been sending some texts earlier today because he did, uh, I guess, a long form interview with uh, Uncle Dave talking yes. about a whole litany of things. And he just seems so fucking happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Really to be enjoying himself and, and what's happening here. And it it just shines through uh, mm-hmm. his performances. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is. Uh, I know that the pandemic has definitely kind of like taken some shine off of John Moxley's world champ. Um, but this felt like, Oh, John's the top guy. Like that, yeah. just, just the, that in that promo of itself, it's like, here is the top guy putting over his opponent and saying why this will be a match you need to watch. And I thought that was just great. Now, that sent us to commercial. We came back. We heard from the other side of the equation as MJF was in his campaign headquarters uh, with the very nice touch of his assistant. Uh, I think her name's Nina uh, having the weird, creepy rictus oh, smile man. staring into the middle distance in the background. So outstanding. Somebody asked about that. And I was like, no, that's a play on last week when she wasn't smiling and he yelled at her for not smiling. Yeah. So now she's obnoxiously smiling creepily the whole time. It was great. Was he standing at a lectern or was that a walker with uh, a burglary <laughs> scarf? I wasn't sure. I, 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 I really think it was a walker a little bit. Because, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it been... was a walker with with the scarf on it. Because the neck brace, I'll always pop for a neck brace. Yes. But the neck brace and a walker, mwah. Yes. Uh, just really, really good stuff there. And then his, I guess, uh, legal counsel, who you did some research, who is a yes. worker, I guess. Yes. So uh, one thing before we talk about the the legal counsel real quick. Uh, MJF in his promo, he talked about how the paradigm shift left him mangled. Yeah. And how he wants to have a family one day and he won't be able to play catch. And he did this whole bit where he's like, Papa, Papa, can we play catch? <laughs> 10 out of 10. No, uh, Pepe, we can't. <laughs> yes. Uh, but he, he said uh, his, his lawyer, Mark Sterling, had something to say. And Mark Sterling is, quote unquote, smart Mark Sterling, uh, indie okay. worker and producer of the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. Uh, okay. So that's the tie in there. But anyway... This guy cut the promo of all promos. Like, as Dude good as fire. MJF's promo was, yeah. the lawyer was just like, 
I, you know, and, and maybe it was just like, I'm a professional, I'm a working professional wrestler and I'm getting my 30 seconds on national television time to show the world why I am good at what I do. Yeah. And the promo really boiled down to they've set up a petition online to ban yeah. the paradigm shift right. and said, you know what? Um, if Mox is is a good enough champion, he won't need the paradigm shift to defeat MJF. So he will sign the contract banning the move. Uh, and if he doesn't sign it, he will. What was it? He will sue him so hard. Uh, what was, I forget the exact phrase he yeah, used. Yeah, he will sue his ass. Uh, it was something about needing to split his hair to take a crap, which was just <laughs> a, a great old school line that I, I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I like the bill for this. And also, it, it's another example of how um, the build for these world title matches for Mox are taking unique twists and turns because now yeah. Mox is going to have to have a finisher that isn't the paradigm shift to take out right. MJF. Yeah, it's good stuff. I mean, he's used uh, some submissions in the past. He's been using the uh, gosh style pile driver. He picked up from old murder grandpa mm-hmm. um, over in new Japan, which what was the quote uh, Suzuki said to him <laughs> prior to the match? Yes. Uh, from, from the uh, observer interview, we were just talking about uh, Mox talked about putting together the match with Suzuki and all Suzuki said to him, was and I quote, "No high spot, just fight." Yes. Oh. <laughs> I adore you, Murder Grandpa. Yes, so so great. As you're rocking your Suzuki shirt right now. As I am, yes. yes. Uh, so after the MJF promo, we went to the eight man tag of Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. They went against the Butcher, the Blade, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon Junior. This reminded me of. Just like a, a a super fun sprint, uh, like flippy dude indie tag. Yeah, it was yeah. all about let's get all our shit in. It was uh, a PWG match. Yes, sometimes it didn't work out. Uh, Jungle Boy, I think, might have the craziest uh, suicide dives in professional wrestling oh right now. Oh. Darby, Darby's I mean, kind of close. Darby's, Darby comes off as reckless. Yes. Jungle Boy comes off like a fucking heat seeking missile. Yeah. Uh, there there is such intensity to them. And uh, one of them, Butcher, was not at all there for. Uh, but then he just went for one on Phoenix, who was absolutely there for it. Yeah, eat um, the shit out of it. Yeah, uh, it, it was It was not what I would call a good match, but it was a fun match. Right. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and I really feel like the latter couple months of, uh, of 2020 here could mean big things for Butcher and Blade. Their stock yes. has risen significantly, uh, even though they lost the match. Um, yeah. With the, that team lost the match um, still and with the post match, which we'll get to in a second, I feel like they're 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 on an ascent here. Yes. And that post match made me super happy. So uh, <laughs> Jungle Boy gets the roll up pin on Blade after the match. You had Phoenix, Pentagon, Butcher and Blade all shoving each other. Well, here comes Eddie Kingston. Yeah, man. I am pants off. I'm like, hell yeah. What's <laughs> Kingston going to do? And he says, look, we all came from the Indies. We all came up together. We've all been down these same roads. There's no need for us to be hating on each other. There's no need for us to be mad at each other. And he said, the only reason why none of you have titles is because you aren't unified together. So stick with me. And he gets them all to do a group hug. And as they do the group hug, Kingston sticks his head out to the hard cam and winks. I don't know what the hell he's got planned, but I'm in. 
He's playing Puppet Master here, and I am for it. Yes. Let's see where this plays out. Yes. Because even if it leads to an, an eventual Lucha Bros versus Butcher and Blade match, fuck yes. Let's yes. do this. Yes. Or if it leads to uh, a certain grumpy bastard hopping on a plane from England and getting in the face of the guy right. who uh, took two-thirds of his triangle. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. The match might be bowling shoe ugly, but give me Pac versus Kingston. I, I or want we, or that. we get death hexagon. I yes. Mean, you know, yes. let's just which keep is, adding people and <laughs> which is the other great possibility here. Yeah. Uh, I, death septagon. Yeah. Death octagon. We just keep adding people. Yes, you they know. become the the other dark order. <laughs> yeah. 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 More on them in a minute. Yes. Uh, then we went uh, to a uh, previously shot earlier in the day vignette. Britt Baker was in the gym with Reba, along with Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian. <sighs> Penelope Ford looked out of this damn world <laughs> uh and uh brit baker warned <laughs> penelope ford and kip sabian that the number one cavity causing bacteria is spread through human saliva and all they've been doing is spreading saliva back and forth yeah so what brit baker offered was a year of free dental care if uh if uh penelope ford joins uh brit and reba in a handicap match against big swole yeah, and then Britt Baker offered him a year of free makeup from Reba if they accepted. <laughs> so Ford agreed, and then Cabin, uh, 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 then Kip Sabian said, "Can we go back to making out?" And that was the end of <laughs> the promo. I mean, if I'm Kip Sabian, I'm thinking the same thing. Come on. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. So we go to the ring. Tony Schiavone introducing Orange Cassidy. This was promoted as Orange Cassidy's big first time in ring promo. Cassidy came out with best friends, and before he spoke, here comes Chris Jericho. Le Champion comes out with a little bit of the bubbly. Yes. Uh, Puts Cassidy over and said he's only been pinned three times, and Cassidy has a win over him. So Jericho said, look, I pinned you. You pinned me. Well, it's time to have the rubber match. Let's do it all out. And he said... He's already created one of the great greatest gimmick matches ever involving a briefcase and a ladder. And now I've done it again. And it broke down the Mimosa Mayhem match. This is the greatest, stupidest thing I've ever heard. The Mimosa Mayhem match can be won in one of three ways. Pinfall, uh-huh. submission, mm-hmm. or throwing your opponent in a metal tank filled with 500 cases of champagne mixed with 80 gallons of orange juice. Yes. I'm 100% here for the stupidity. Yes. Now, what I will say is I heard this. I'm like, is this? I kind of thought this was going to be a thing where Jericho is going to propose this gimmick match. Yeah. And OC was going to be like, no. <laughs> so then Jericho was going to go, well, luckily I have a backup plan. And then he was going to throw another video for another ridiculous gimmick match. Oh, that would be great. And yeah. then OC is going to be like, no. And then, you know, eventually Orange Cassidy is going to be like, you know, he's going to get serious and be like, we're going to have a cage match or something like that. Right, right. But instead, we are going to have a Mimosa Mayhem match at All Out. Cassidy accepted the challenge with a thumbs up. So then here comes the inner circle. They jump uh, best friends. And they proceeded to waterboard Orange Cassidy with champagne. 
I mean, not fully. Don't you have to have like a cloth over yes, your mouth yes. to technically waterboard? Chris, but it was as it, close as you can get. Yeah, it's uh, professional without, wrestling. Uh, inciting gotta, wars, uh, crimes against humanity, yeah. uh, and, <laughs> you, you and know, torture. You, so you, you gotta you gotta put over the insanity of it, Chris. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> complete insanity and i love yes, it yes um but i thought it was a good angle even if i'm uh, questioning the match a wee tiny bit wee tiny bit it's it's ridiculous admittedly yes, yes. we had the uh, six-man tag as uh it was the elite of oh, yeah. kenny omega and the young bucks against three four and five and a six-man tag which i'm pretty sure was done intentionally three four and five and a six-man tag <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that's John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Alan Angels. This match was very good, but again, it's another match where I feel like I became a bigger fan of Reynolds and Silver and in this case Angels than I did the team they were against. I've I mean, the Elite looked good. Yeah. But I, I thought Silver and Reynolds were just doing some wild ass shit, including they pal drove Nick on Matt. I know. That was ridiculous. <laughs> Like we're gonna pile drive a motherfucker onto a motherfucker. Yes. Uh, a, a bold, bold move, bold strategy. Cotton. We'll see how it plays out for him. Yes. Uh, but the didn't play out too well because they lost. No, they they lost. So no chilies for the Dark Order. At least uh, after that match. Who knows uh, what happened at the end of the show, uh, or after the end of the show. Um, Omega hits the one wing angel on angels. Angels. Yeah. Yes. For the <laughs> pin, but Omega again goes unhinged. He tries to put a chair right side down. Tries and, to impale Alan yes, Angels. And it looks like he was going to try to powerbomb uh, Alan Angels on it, but the Bucks calmed him down. So I, I, I don't know what, what's going on with this crazy version of Omega. I have a feeling it ties in with the next segment, though. Yeah, to the point where uh, I think where it's heading is Omega just keeps losing his mind to the point where he loses it on a hangman. Yes. And then... Uh, they lose their titles. Yes. Two. So, Marvez was backstage with FTR and Tully Blanchard uh, talking about how next week on Dynamite, we're going to have a gauntlet match with the fourth, third, second, and first ranked teams. God, it's so easy when you do things that way, isn't it? Um, so uh, before they got into that gauntlet match, which will determine the challengers for Paige and Omega at All Out, Marvez wanted to know what's the deal with FTR and Tully Blanchard? And uh, Wheeler said they want to learn from the best, and the best is Tully Blanchard. Blanchard cuts this great promo about how he's going to take him from almost great to crossing the threshold, which I thought was a great little line. Yeah. Um, so here comes Hangman Page, and he's in the face of FTR, and he's like, why'd you guys attack the Rock and Roll Express and, and all that? And this was really, if you ask me, where the heel turn of FTR got 100% solidified. Because, you know, their, their sort of uh, arrangement with uh, Hangman Page made me like, oh, are they kind of tweeners here or whatever? Yeah. Well, now it looks like they're preying on the alcoholism of Hangman Page. Don't As, worry about it, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah, here, yeah. Have a beer. Have a beer. Yeah, exactly. Looks like, looks like you're almost out. Here, have another drink. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, we're going to get uh, Page and Omega versus FTR at All Out. Yeah. No. Fuck yeah. I, I, <laughs> I thought. Let's go. I, I thought this was a great little angle, and the thing that is most intriguing to me is where is this going to go? Because yeah. the Bucks are having an issue keeping Kenny under control. Page can't trust the Bucks. Don't know what's going on between Omega and Page. FTR, you know, 
are clearly abusing Hangman Page to their favor. Uh, a lot of stuff's about to blow up in the tag division, and and I, yeah. I think it's really really cool. Yeah, many different threads being interwoven, which is yeah a novel concept. Yes, Darby Allen had a squash against the King of AEW Dark, Will Hobbs. <laughs> Is that who that guy was? Okay. Yeah, he's he's on Dark a lot, and he's actually really good. So I was kind of happy to see he's him. Got a great on look. Yes. Um. So, uh, quick squash, but afterwards, Taz cuts a promo for the announce desk, and he says, "Team Taz Darby, got a Darby. He's got a new member, Darby <laughs> be Darby." <laughs> and here comes Ricky Starks as Darby Allen, and Ricky Starks cut. A hell of a promo. Yeah, he did. That dude is fire on the microphone. I mean, he was definitely make, you know doing the WWE style, oh, look, I'm mocking you and your gimmick. But yeah. it turned into like this very serious, like, look, you you know, this is, you hit me with a, a, a skateboard filled with thumbtacks. This is what happens to you. So while this promo is happening, Brian Cage runs in, attacks Darby Allen from behind. With the FTW title. Yes. Uh, then Starks comes in, hits his own coffin drop. Only had to do it from the second rope, as Taz put it. <laughs> and uh, Starks and Cage reposing over Darby. So I guess uh, that that issue is not resolved. Um, I'm hoping we get Darby and Starks one-on-one at All Out. Yeah, that makes sense. No offense to Brian Cage, of course. I'd love to see him on the show. But I thought, yeah. uh, I thought uh, that would be the more interesting pairing. So Sammy Guevara, as we go pitcher in pitcher, is doing his card gimmick. And in the middle of it... Here comes Matt Hardy with a chair, and he lays out Sammy Guevara. Well, not only that, he Matt Hardy infiltrated the cards. Yes. Uh, which was a fun gimmick because yes. Sammy, being his cocky self, wasn't paying attention to what the cards were saying. And the cards had been uh, replaced by cards by Matt Hardy saying that he was going to be obsolete and deleted. And then out comes Matt Hardy and assaults him with a chair. Yes. And he didn't only assault him with a chair. He tosses Sammy Guevara off the stage through a table. Or more yeah. accurately, Sammy had to had to 360 flip himself off the stage through a table. I yeah. feel like that was a bit of a, all right, Sammy, you know how you uh, busted Matt's head open? You have to now kill yourself on the table. Yeah, well, <laughs> it looked good. Yes. No, it looked great. Like, it was it was really clean. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a wild angle. And, um, excuse me, we're going to have more of that next week on Dynamite. As, I was going to uh, say, that hasn't been confirmed for All Out yet. But no. But pretty no. much has yeah. to happen, right? One assumes. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens after Dynamite this coming week. And uh, Sammy Guevara was the uh, guest on uh, Unrestricted, the yes. AEW podcast this week. Uh, some interesting little nuggets from that. They talk about him going away, but they never really go into detail right. about why, which is smart because you don't really don't want to bring those, uh, you know, some really heinous words back to the surface here. But, um, you know, the focus was on him getting better and they talk about it a lot, almost at a couple points, it almost seemed like it was a, a, a PR stunt. Like it was, yeah. you know, they, they were given bullet points of things to say about them. And they might actually mean these things. But yeah. it, it, at, a, at a couple different points, it came off as a little disingenuine and um, just trying to, you know, resolve this situation even further. But it was an interesting listen. There was there were some uh, some good bits in there. Yes. So then Tony Schiavone throws it to a promo from. The NWA Women's World Champion, Thunder Rosa? Fuck yeah. We have gone on record multiple times that of all the women that are not in AEW who need to be in AEW, Thunder Rosa is one of them. Yeah. And she... FKA Cobra Moon in Lucha yes. Underground. Thunder Rosa proved within, let's say, 30 seconds 
that she needs to be on national television. Cutting yeah. the promo of a lifetime. Great fucking promo. It was a night of great promos. Yes. AEW. Everybody yeah. really did a hell of a job. Everything about the show. You know what? If it, I don't know if. I guess maybe it was intentional. This idea of we're going to be on after the NBA playoffs. Let's show people what yeah. AEW is all about. Cause that's what it felt like. Just all yeah. these things are firing on all cylinders and I'm being sold on match after match after match it all out because we are going to have Thunder Rosa versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW women's world title at all out. Yep. Fuck yeah. Let's Into do it. this. And yeah. then if I wasn't excited enough, Veda Scott joined the announce desk for the deadly <laughs> draw finals and shock of shocks. It's a four person booth. But like everyone but Tony and Veda kind of kind of hung back. Yeah, they, they let them do their thing uh, as it was the women's world, uh, women's world, women's tag cup finals. Eva Lee and Diamante against the Nightmare Sisters of Allie and Brandy Rhodes. This was fine. I, I, it was I okay. It was okay. Uh, I was shocked, absolutely shocked, that Eva Lee and Diamante went over. I was happy that they went over, but I was Yeah, stunned. I mean, you would think Brandy being the person she is may have, uh, you know, worked to get them the uh, the win here. But, yeah, I think, I think it looks better that it wasn't. And, um, you know, have Ivelisse and Diamante actually signed deals or are they still? Uh, I have no idea. I haven't heard, you know, they haven't done the, the is uh, all elite is all post. elite tweets. Yeah. Uh, they should sign them. And I'm, I know I, uh, I'm I'm a fanboy, a smitten fanboy, but Veda Scott was fucking great in the booth. Like yeah. they need to figure out what to do with her on commentary because she was fantastic at it. And and it really is a different appeal from, you know, everyone else in the booth. Yes, I know we finally get to have Excalibur come back this coming week uh, on Thursday when the air reminder dynamite this week is on Thursday, not Wednesday. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what they can do with her, but. She's definitely a diamond in the rough when it comes to women on commentary, yep. uh, which is a point I'll get to when we talk about NXT, because I wanted to fucking throw Beth Phoenix through a wall during that show. <laughs> <sighs> Before we got to our main event, we got the rundown of what's going to be on Dynamite this Thursday, August 27th. Jericho on commentary. The tag team gauntlet match, as aforementioned, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a tables match. Oh, okay. John Moxley and MJF are going to have their contract signing, and we're going to have the Big Swole, Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, Reba handicap match. So, so we're, we're two weeks away from, from All Out, right? Yes, we are. September Because it's Labor Day weekend. Yes, indeed. And then the main event, <sighs> this went in a direction I think no one expected. Brody Lee getting a TNT title shot against Cody. So Brody Lee looked like a star from the jump anyway. He came yeah. out. He had his big entrance. Uh, has he always had the uh, the the shredder uh, spines on his coat? I noticed them in particular this week. I am not sure. I don't think so. I think they're new. So, which furthers his uh, Kevin Nash cosplay, by the way. Yes, it very much does. <laughs> it very much does. Cody threw out a flurry of strikes, but then after that, this turned into. A mini version of Brock Lesnar versus John Cena at yeah. SummerSlam 2014. Yeah. Brody fucking murdered Cody for six minutes. Yeah. Just destroyed like, him. Clotheslined his fucking head off. And Cody, to his credit, sold the shit out of everything. And got pinned. As yeah, we have clean in the middle of the ring. Two power bombs, which looks sick. 
Yeah. And then that discus lariat for the finish. Mr. Brody Lee is your new TNT champion. Dark Order come out to celebrate. Tony Schiavone went to get an interview and he said executives have been holding him down for years and now he has the power. He has to say so because he's the TNT champion. They're doing a whole uh, stretcher job for Cody complete with an oxygen mask, I which know, I thought was, was silly. Cody being carted up the tunnel. He threw up the big thumbs up. But as soon as he threw up that, that thumbs up, the Dark Order knocks Cody off of the stretcher. Yeah. Arn decides to try to fight his way through the Dark Order. He gets kicked in the chest by Brody Lee because Arn was one of the guys who held him back. Yeah. A little bit of a little bit of kayfabe meets reality there. Uh, they keep beating down Cody, and uh, you see uh, the Dark Order uh, bring out Dustin and QT Marshall mm-hmm. from backstage. They beat them up. And, you know, the uh, Dark Order standing tall over the beaten uh, Nightmare family. And then Brandy runs out and lays across Cody to try to stop the assault. And Brody just looks at Anna Jay. And Anna Jay, who to this point, though she's now Dark Anna Jay, had shown no real personality as Dark Anna Jay, looks like an absolute murderer and throws this choke on Brandy, which absolutely ruled. Murderize. Yes. And... Uh, there at some point during the beatdown, Cody had been hit by this like loaded bag. Yeah. Uh, almost like the uh, the um, the loaded sock loaded that uh, PNP yeah. uses. He, he got hit with this bag, and uh, as the show goes off the air, Lee takes the bag and turns it over, and it was the old TNT title smashed into pieces, and he lays it over Cody. And he just yells, "I told you it was yours, and you got to keep it," and. It was just like, oh my god, they've yeah. they've made an absolute mega star tonight. Yep, a hundred percent to the moon. And I think, you know, he, when Lee debuted, you know, he had the big aura about him, and then the Dark Order stuff got a little hokey. But the match with Moxley was fucking great, and I think it's yes. good that they got that out of the way, got him his first L, so that they can kind of refocus him. And if he's yes. going to be the focus of this. Uh, I want to call it mid card belt, but alternate belt. Then, uh, then yeah, that's that's a good thing to be. The Dark Order has fully arrived, and uh, you know looks to be taking over. Uh, you know, very Hydra esque in uh, in many ways. So yeah, I was very much impressed with how that all turned out. Everybody did a great job there. Yeah, considering where we were at the end of the year when we had the the big Dark Order run in, and, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is such a crap angle." Yeah, uh, complete. Uh, 180 like uh, they they now feel like the most dominant team you know you you re- find and replace some members you you build out the ranks a little bit um you know uh, a guy like uh, evil uno dropping weight and getting yeah. to have matches with Stu Grayson that show how great they are and uh basically a diamond in the rough mouthpiece in Brody Lee I mean I remember everyone thought it was either going to be Matt Hardy or Brody Lee as as the exalted one uh, he was not the original choice for the exalted one and boy, yeah. did they end up dodging a bullet with that one as, uh, the original one spoilers was, uh, rhymes with smarty schmurl. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it really all just worked out in such a great way. And, uh, I, I'm stoked for a guy like Brody who never got to show his chops, uh, as, as a top tier guy. I mean, yep. he's now literally the number two champion in the company. I mean, that's, yep. 
that's incredible. So, uh, yeah, it was excellent a, work, a, everybody. Riding a high at the end of Dynamite. Yeah. Um, so then after that, I uh, I threw on NXT. I had been getting some texts from you throughout the night, so I had an idea of some things that were happening. But yeah. you know, I was you know at a place where I could watch NXT. I had no plans of uh, or intentions of watching it, but uh, the drinks were flowing. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's I'll watch some NXT here. Yeah, so and, I have thoughts. Yes, and and there were some shakeups in the world of NXT. Mm-hmm. So uh, the pre-show was a triple threat number one contenders tag match. Brazongo ended up getting the win there. Oh, nice. Uh, Who they pin? Uh, they ended up uh, pinning... Walking, walking o- Wild or something? Uh, Oni Lorcan was the one who got pinned. So it was Brazongo uh, against Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch and the El Legado del Fantasma team of Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. I really love the El Legado del Fantasma intro, by the way. Uh, they they look like absolute stars. But yeah. they it, it was not uh, in their favor as uh, Brazongo... Uh, got the win there, so they'll be getting a title shot against Imperium for the nice. uh, NXT tag belts. Show kicked off, though, with uh, Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher, which on paper sounds like a Styles Clash, but uh, Finn did a really good job of working Tim Thatcher's match. Um, yeah. I- I'm not going to sit here and say it was a great match because uh, I-, I thought there were some moments that kind of kind of – dragged and it, and I will admit yeah. I was wa- as Chris can attest I sent up a screenshot of, of my desktop I was watching both shows next to each other so <laughs> it was a little hard to, to pay attention yeah. to everything so my apologies to you rough house listener if I missed anything in particular Finn definitely could hang in that style of match um, and god damn Finn looks like he's in the shape of his life right now it's ridiculous uh, I hate him yes for as <laughs> jacked a dude as he's always been like he looks yeah. crazy jacked right now I thought it was a decent match, but it didn't blow me away. Uh, I agree. And I feel like this was more of a main event for an NXT TV show and not so much a takeover match. Yes. It didn't really get to that next level for me. Um, And I'm actually kind of shocked that Balor won. I know Balor is like, you know, one of the top guys on the brand. Yeah. But Thatcher, it seemed like, you know, Balor can recover from a loss to to a Tim Thatcher. And I feel like if you're going to do something with Thatcher, whatever that may be now that he lost... I feel right. like him getting the win would have been a better um, booking choice, but what the fuck do I know? I'm a dork with an internet purchase microphone. <laughs> so then we had uh, the ladder match for the vacant NXT North American Championship. Damian Priest, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Johnny Gargano, and Velveteen Dream. Five-way match. Uh, first things first, Bronson Reed's new gear absolutely fucking rules. Yeah, very uh, Bam Bam-esque. Uh, so, uh, you know, if there's a big man to emulate, Bam Bam's the guy. Yeah. I And I will say, of all people, the one who I thought had the coming out party in this match was Cameron Grimes. He got some crazy spots in. Crazy spots, in. but also some really silly and fun character work. The yeah. bit where he tried to climb both ladders at once, and then the ladders got pulled, so he had to do yeah. the split, which Bronson Reed slid under. Uh, yeah. I, I thought that was a 10 out of 10, uh, and... The fucking like Spanish fly power slam thing he does yeah. when he did that on the floor to Gargano was crazy. Yep. Um, yep. And he also took one of the nastiest bumps uh, in the match as well, where he got, uh, I, don't know, he was, I guess, choke slammed or thrown or flipped over the ladder onto like a, a ladder that was set up between the middle rope and yes. the other ladder. And he landed in the worst possible way on the corner of the yes. ladder. It looked like it hurt like 5,000 motherfuckers. Yes, he also uh, got Frankensteinered uh, onto the floor by Candice LeRae, 
because yes, Candice LeRae ran in at a point to do interference for uh, Johnny Gargano, including what I am going to call the dumbest spot I've ever seen. Oh, would that be the spot where Candice LeRae was on Bronson Reed's shoulders on top of the ladder and then they proceeded to splash Johnny Gargano on yes. the bottom of the ring? There? And for some reason, Candice LeRae sold it as if that hurt her. Yeah, that's nothing but padding there, sweetheart. Yeah, like, if anything, the people affected by that move, using pro wrestling logic, Gargano, obviously, because he's just yes. been smushed by two people. But Bronson Reed technically just got splashed by Candice LeRae. Right, Candace, simultaneous impact. Candice should be fresh as a daisy after that yeah, move. she should have bounced but off the cartwheel. Yeah, that took her out of the match. Like, that yeah. was it for her. I just like, silly. what? I'm... <sighs> Maybe we're doing things for gifts now. I don't know, but well, we've been I, doing that for a little while here. It's not a was, new thing necessarily. Yeah. I I just thought it was uh, it was really kind of dumb. Um, Velveteen Dream got put through two tables and he was gone. So uh, the winner of the match, Damian Priest. Damian Priest uh, is now your North American champion, uh, and he's only like two months younger than Brody Lee. Uh, <laughs> um, I I will say though, Damian Priest now the holder of the best Triple H mark pick. Yeah, it is post match celebration in a fucking hot tub yes. with Brandy Lauren and some other broad. Yes. Um, God, her titties are ridiculous though, Brandy Lauren. Like, yeah, and uh, because I I always enjoy sharing with you these sort of things. Do you know who she's dating, Chris? Yeah, the bad boy, Joey Janela. How does he pull down such crazy trim? <laughs> First Penelope Ford and now Brandy Lauren. Uh, Joey Janela is not like in uh, the upper echelon of lookers in the world of pro res. Maybe he's got a great personality. Uh, he, maybe he's packing heat down below. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's got to be. Say. It's got to be one of the two. But man, just I yeah. Know, love but yeah, best this Triple too. H mark pick of all time, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, it's pretty great. So, after this was Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Yeah. Man. I, I sit You go two, first, because I think, I think I may have some different opinions here. I sit in two very different places about this. Okay. On the one hand, did Pat McAfee do an extraordinarily good job in the ring and having an NXT match complete with looking at his hands in disbelief after a near fall. <laughs> like he did the greatest performance of NXT fantasy camp I've ever seen. Yeah. And yeah, he did. And I can, I can say the second half of this but before I say the second half of this, I need to say out loud, Pat McAfee did a very good job. The other side of this is, a man who's never wrestled a match in his entire life had one of the most neck-and-neck -neck matches with the greatest NXT champion of all time. It was not a squash that was done within 30 seconds. It was not a uh, a shocking roll-up win after getting beaten down by the surprise celebrity. It was a neck-and-neck -neck NXT double-down, this-is-awesome like False type. finishes, yes, yes. everything. It, 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 was, it, it was literally the textbook NXT main event style match, which should not be happening with a random dude. Yeah. Agreed on both counts. Um, I will, you know, I, I still 
don't really see why this match had to happen. Uh, and I really didn't give a fuck about it. But I will give credit where credit is due. Pat McAfee did not look like a moron. He's no. an a- he's an athlete, so he's, you know, at least got a base on that. He, you know, pulled off some moves, even, you know, he was good at playing a shithead cocky heel. Yes. Because I'm pretty sure that's kind of how he is, yes. uh, if I had to guess. Um, but Adam Cole as the babyface underdog here. Yeah. How is Adam Cole the underdog? I, I, I have no idea. He's the greatest NXT champion of all time in kayfabe. Yeah, I know. And There's no way this match should have been as competitive as it was. Right. So it's 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 this weird thing of like, part of me is like, holy shit, Pat McAfee could be the next Kurt Angle if he wants to be. And then the other part of me going, but why did he have this showing? Yeah. I don't have an answer for you. It, 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 it's one of those things where on one hand I'm impressed, on the other I'm confused. And, and I don't know where to sit with it. I I, you know. I think it's more I'm angry with Triple H than I am Pat McAfee. <laughs> right, right, right. Like the in in kayfabe, this was awful. Yeah. In in performance, it was spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Trips is on my shit list right now. He's <laughs> yeah. making some yeah. making some poor decisions. Yes. Uh, but again, I, I will I will eat crow where it's uh you know given and you know I talked a lot of shit about Pat McAfee. Again, mm-hmm. I still don't care about the guy or right. really right. need or want him to return, but. He did a he did a swell job. Yeah, he he certainly you you put me in there. It wouldn't have been that. But I also I'd be the guy to be like, shouldn't you just hit me with a Panama Sunrise and win? Like, <laughs> right. isn't that how this works? Shouldn't I yeah. be completely outmatched? Shouldn't yeah, you well. super kick me to hell? Like, <laughs> you know, of course, the yes. likelihood that they would say, "Hello, podcaster Marty Day, why don't you get in the ring with Adam Cole on a pay per view?" Well, uh, the way things are headed, they yeah, happen. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Uh, that that was one of the things that that made me laugh. Uh, listening to Wrestling Observer Radio this week, uh, Uncle Dave said to Brian Alvarez, "We have more listeners than Pat McAfee, and he's a millionaire. What are we doing wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're both pretty defi- de- de- divisive. Divisive, de- yeah. Divisive, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they have their detractors. They do. Very audible ones. <laughs> um, then we had for the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai defending against, defending against, easy for me to say, Dakota Kai. I thought this ruled. I actually really liked this match. I did like this match. Um, I was bummed that Kai lost so clean. Well, I mean, she, I she's really... definitely in bridesmaid mode at this point. Yeah, and I like Dakota Kai, especially Dark Dakota, but. I, Io Shirai is, is just on another fucking level, yes. you know, and it's hard when you have somebody like that because yeah. it makes it, you know, she's and I don't want to I don't want this to come off the way it probably will. But she's very similar to Asuka yeah. um, just in terms of her dominance. Right, right. The, the way that they are portraying and her and building her yes. and, and all of that yes. is, is akin to Asuka where she's, you know, this this. um absolute destroying machine right yet at, at the same time you know um sort of builds a camaraderie with the fandom because she is that it's it yeah. she's basically going face by just being really good at her job um yeah. and i will say the one thing that kind of bummed me out is post-match it's like so Io Shirai and dakota kai happened and it's gonna lead to reina gonzalez versus rhea ripley 
Yeah, that didn't make a whole ton of sense there. Um, I will say, though, Ripley got hit hard by the NXT makeup gun last night. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, Oh, God. Hold on. I have to pull up the message because it was fucking hysterical. Uh, Eric, Eric the Gorehound, good friend Eric here. He sent me the the shot of EO with like um, uh, what's her face in the background. Oh, you can't see it. Yeah, I can't see it because of the green screen. But he said uh, hilariously so that um, Rhea looks like a sexual cenobite from Hellraiser, <laughs> <laughs> and he could not be more accurate because that's yeah. exactly what she looks like. Uh, I'm 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 not opposed to the look. Yes. Um, but yeah, that was a weird post-match sort of thing because you would think she'd go after Io to get another title shot, but nope, just wants to fight with Raquel Gonzalez, who I think is taller than Rhea. Yes, uh, even in Rhea's uh, elevated shoes there. Yeah, but uh, the craziest thing in that boots. match, uh, to circle back for a second, is when Io hit that moonsault to the outside. Mm-hmm. It looked like her knees landed square in the middle of Raina Gonzalez's forehead. Yes, uh, and it yes. looked like it hurt like all kinds of a motherfucker. Yes, just... and she did a kamagoi too. She did, which was pretty dope. Yeah, I was, I was very happy about that. But yeah, it was it was kind of kind of weird. Um, I mean, w- you know, in talking about this, we both kind of agreed it was too early for EO to drop the belt. Yeah. Um, but I I guess I wish there was another head on the uh, on the chopping block for EO to get her first defense under her. I don't know. So the main event: Keith Lee defending the NXT Championship against Karrion Cross with uh-huh. Scarlett Bordeaux. Um. There's no reason why this match needed to run nearly 30 minutes. It's way too long. Way too long. Especially because, minus the arm work that Keith Lee got to pull off, it was kind of a squash for Cross. They didn't get a ton of shit in. Yeah, like, and I know it was a pay-per-view, and you want to sort of establish what the pay-per-view matches are, but... And and perhaps this is an unfair comparison because, you know, they didn't know it would be this type of comparison. Seeing Brody Lee get put over like an absolute monster yeah. on Dynamite really took away Karrion Cross being put over as quote-unquote a monster here. Yeah, it took him 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I still think Cross is probably that dude. Like, he's... You know what? Even if even if I didn't care for Karrion Cross being that dude, it's pretty clear that uh, Triple H wants him to be that, that dude. Way? Yeah. Um, but uh, it it also sounds like that um, uh, Karrion Cross separated his shoulder in this match. That's a bummer. So uh, that's going to be weird. But Karrion Cross is your new NXT World Champion, um, which kind of makes Keith Lee look like an idiot now because he got rid of his other title just for funsies. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't really see Keith Lee as a um, uh, transitional champ. Yeah. Uh, which apparently he kind of is. But if that leads to him popping up on main roster tonight or somewhere soon, then good for him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's definitely got all kinds of talents, which has been pretty much showed the entire time he's been within wwe the whole survivor series bit last year yeah. he can you know ride that wave still um and and be something but you know where's matt riddle right now who we thought right. was going to be you know right. the next big thing uh hey hey he's t- feuding with hated heel baron corbin oh man yep there's nothing that that sounds like a rocket bean strap to him if i ever heard it you know what in wwe speak it is well uh Anyway, also, takeover uh, <laughs> takeover was a fun show. 
on yeah, the and they announced that uh, uh, Tommaso Ciampa is returning uh, this Wednesday. Yes. Curious. Um, the timing of that when uh, Karrion Cross just wins this title mm-hmm. and Tommaso Ciampa, you know, in his was Karrion Cross's big coming out in that squash match uh, takeover two ago. So yeah. uh, kind of seems like that uh, would be the direction in which they're headed. Yeah, so might even actually they, be, you know, the main event come Wednesday as uh, NXT gets to run unopposed, at least unopposed from Dynamite. On yeah. uh, Wednesday night, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens with the ratings for uh, Dynamite uh, on yeah. Saturday. Uh, Elva leading with NBA uh, playoffs. Not not uh, a bad way to kick off your uh, your show to get that little bit of a bump there, and and they certainly had all cinder, uh, cylinders firing. Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, takeovers, I'd say this was definitely in the lower half of of good takeovers. It was a fun yeah. show, nevertheless. I'm glad I watched it. But um, you know the the old takeover. She ain't what she used to be. Ain't what no. she used to be at all. <laughs> Damn old gray mares. <laughs> <sighs> I got nothing else. <laughs> all nothing right. Further, Your Honor, the defense rests. The Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P. M, lowercase L, capital D, N, 7, lowercase C, 3, lowercase R, lowercase F, U, V, Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod- House, uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. Are you a professional wrestling manager who's looking to take his stable to the next level? Are you a Kim Chi looking for his Kamala? Are you a Bobby the Brain looking for his head shrinkers? Are you a Slick looking for his Akeem the African Dream? Parts unknown. I'm Grand Safari Master Rick Dombrowski, and I personally track down each of those gentlemen in Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown. You can charter Parts Unknown Safari Company to take you deep into the heart of the blackest jungles, most uninhabitable rainforests, or lava-stricken island wastelands. I'll find you mysterious warriors, primal cavemen, and voodoo shaman who are willing to give wrestling a try. Parts Unknown. Because everyone knows the best warriors live in Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown Safari Company is located at 4598 Walnut Creek Boulevard, directly behind the Westchester Mall, adjacent to the Bed Bath & Beyond. Remember, every Tuesday night is free hot dog night for the kids.